to move from the bottle uh, to regular food because that will make your life so much easier, right? No. Bottles, by the way, and the things inside bottles are contained. And when you start feeding them those little peas, they go everywhere. They're no longer contained. And then we want them to walk because that'll make life easier, won't it? <laughs> you ain't ever had to try, walk behind one and keep them out of the toilet, have you? And then they, they reach that age and they can go to school and that'll make life easier. Except now, not only are they on a schedule, you're on a schedule too. And then they graduate kindergarten and that'll be great. And, and uh, then they graduate, if, if you're back in Alabama, fifth grade. I don't know if that's here or not. Uh, and then high school. Some, somewhere in there, they hope to turn 14. So they can get that piece of paper, right? And then they hope for a couple of more years looking for that marker that they can turn 16 so that they can drive on their own. And then they turn 18 and they've got the world by the tail. And, and now they won't, don't want to be 18, but I want to be 21. And now when I'm 21, say I want, I want to be 25. And what happens after that? We stop counting, right? All of these markers that we're trying to reach, we have some sort of Disney idea that if I can just make it to there, it will be so much better. It's not going to be any better. James in James chapter 4 verse 14 write this. Uh, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and, and then vanisheth away. My grandmother uh, died the November before we moved out here. She was 93. Sounds like a long time, doesn't it? Very small window of time, even, even close to 100 years. Very small window of time. So we need to make sure that we do things the right way while we're here. Now, I'm going to stand here and tell you this. And this is, this is the honest truth as much as I can tell you. If I could go back, there's so many things I would do differently as a father. <laughs> I should have done more here or a little less there. Uh, there would be certainly be different things that I would do as, as a husband. And I'm sorry you had to suffer through 21 years of that. And, and there are things I would do would have done differently as a preacher. But we can all look at our lives and say there are certain things that we could have done differently. So learn the lesson before you have to go through it. You ready? If I could go back, I'd be more considerate to my parents. I'm a product of a divorced family. And uh, my mother did a lot in order to help me get where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and and uh, my father, not as much, but my mother, very much. And what I did not do was recognize what she did for me. And because I did not recognize it, or I didn't want to recognize it at the time, I look back some years, nearly 30 years and look back with some shame. I'm ashamed of myself. I should have been more considerate of her. There would be Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, where Paul would write, by the inspiration of God, fathers, or, or rather, uh, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Do you understand what that verse is saying for us who are still have parents around and those who are still trying to be parents? 
There's a point at which we as children and they as, as parents have the right to be seen and considered. And don't wait too late. That's the first command with a promise. That it may be well with thee and thou livest long on the earth. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that particular phrase means. I have a couple of ideas that run around my head. Perhaps first and the easiest in my mind is listen to your mom and daddy because they're going to keep you from killing yourself. Maybe. You know, don't drive 160 on the interstate. Maybe. Maybe that's what it has to do with. Or maybe it is a promise from God that if you will be obedient to them, if you will consider them, if you'll love them the way you're supposed to, that he will bless you with a long life. Maybe it's a little bit of both. You know, as we look through all those lists that we'll find throughout the Bible of, of sins that are just awful, you know, murderers and adulterers and thieves and liars, right in the middle of most of them you read this, disobedient to parents. Really inconsiderate of parents. You know, I, sh I should have been more considerate. I should have gotten out of the bubble that is Billy Hayes and looked at the things going on around me. So if I could go back, I would be more considerate to my mother especially. I'd be less selfish if I could go back. This is a hard lesson to learn when you get older. It is learnable <laughs> in some aspects. And it's a hard one to learn when you get older, and it, it piggy tails right on the back of, of the last one, being considered to my parents. You know, I always ate. And I can remember times where she was not hungry. And I never put two and two together. And I always had what I needed, and I can remember times that she did not. I didn't learn the lesson that I saw lived out in front of me every single day day. If I did, I would have been less selfish. But I looked at what I thought was the most important in my life and not the folks around me. And I'm the only one, right? So if I could go back, I would learn to be considerate. And I'd learn to be less selfish. And here's a good one. If I could go back in time, here's what I would remember, or at least try to teach that younger, more foolish kid. You should be more concerned with spirituality over popularity. I graduated high school 28 years ago. We had a reunion. Was that a 20-year reunion? So we had a reunion eight years ago, and Miss Brandy said, are you going? I said, what for? Yeah, do y'all speak Alabama? I said, what for? If I wanted to see those people, I would have gone and seen them. But I graduated Memphis 17 years ago. Some of the closest friends I have on this earth came from that little school and that little town, and I see them every year. And I hug them, and I, I am concerned about their families, and I, and I am grateful to see them, and, and we have a, a great time together. And that shouldn't be closet, but that should be closest. Some of the closest friends I have are in this room. Spell check doesn't kid it if it's a real word. Sorry. 
Some of the closest friends I have are sitting right here. I can remember the name. I can remember the phone number. I can remember how to get to my best friend in high school's house. I can tell you everything about his house. I can tell you everything about the treehouse that was out back. I can tell you his wife's name. And I might get most of his children's names right. But I'll be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't even seen him in 23 or 4 years. I would be more concerned with spirituality than popularity. In the pursuit of popularity, we offer on the sacrificial altar our beliefs and our principles. Because I want to be popular with that group of people. And I'm going to tell you something. You can change the very course of your life trying to impress people you won't ever see again after 15 years. And you'll forget to look around at the people who care about you because you're trying to impress those others. Turn over in your Bible, if you will, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, for some reason... This is eluding my mind. We'll begin there in verse number 1. Then Jesus said to his disciples, It's impossible, but offense will come. Woe to him through whom they come. It, were be be it would be better if millstone were hung about their neck and they were cast in the sea than one should offend uh, these little ones. Here's what I find out when I realize that I have... I should be worried more about popularity or more about spirituality than popularity. I, I, now look right here. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about I. I have caused more people to stumble than to stay strong. I have. Because of what I wanted. Because of selfishness. Because I thought popularity would do it. Guess what? It won't. It won't do it. Notice this one. If I could go back, I'd be a better Christian example. You, you can look through the entirety of the book of, of uh, Philippians and find snippets all throughout there about the Christian example. And one of the most more popular is of, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13. I can do all things. If you'll catch those first 13 verses... You'll read that I can love, that I can abound, that I can do this, that I can do that. And he wraps it up in verse 13 by saying, I can do everything through Christ. I can do everything with, with the mind of Christ. I can be a better example with the mind of Christ. I was not constantly aware of souls, are you? Because they're out there. Every day. In every face that you see. Smiling frowning, having those days of frustration, those days of, of madness, those days of upsetting, those days of laughter, they're there. Those souls are there. And for a majority of those that we walk beside, they are as lost as Job's turkey. Y'all might not know that one. He's so lost he's not even found in the book. That, that one will hit you later. They're just lost. And there's nothing that we 
want to do, because if there were, we would we'd do it. And we tend to look down at them, not in a, in a derogatory way. We sort of look at them with um, shame. And, and I wish it wasn't that way. I, that's just a shame. If it's so much of a shame, teach them. I don't want them to be lost. Well, then teach them out of it. But I wasn't constantly worried about souls. What? I wasn't even really constantly worried about mine. I'd be a, 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 more worried about souls, and I, and I would understand that my calls in my family dynamic can affect my family. And you say, well, no, it's not. I'm the baby. I am too. Let me tell you something about being the baby. Eventually, you'll grow up, and you, hopefully, Eva, you won't do this, but you'll get some gray hair in your beard. Hopefully, that won't be you. But then, you'll have an older person that you respect and his authority in your family call you and ask you about Bible verses and want your advice on this and that. And that's a whole, that's a whole different change. You're thinking, well, this is, this is super weird. Why are you calling me? Every person in that family unit affects that family unit. Either for the positive or for the negative. And sometimes a mixture of both. I have things that would remind my lovely bride of my mother, to which she would smile. And things that would not remind her of my mother, to which she makes sure to let me know those are probably not the ways you want to be living. And she's right. I'd seek that abundant life. Go ahead, work out. Even the Bible will tell you bodily exercise profited little. It, it has some profit. Go ahead. You're going to die too. This life is eventually going to stop. It's eventually going to run out. Don't seek the life that's here. Seek the life that is the abundant life. That life that is in eternity. That life that is waiting for the child of God. Seek that life. Be a better Christian example. I'd be a better steward of, of my blessings. How many of you were ever given anything in life? Now, don't, don't be the hard guy and say, I was never given anything. That's not true. That's not true. You were given something. I was given so much. Whether it was actual gifts of things or opportunities, I was given so much and I squandered it away. <laughs> I, I didn't do anything with it. I wasted most of it. And God still gives. He still gives even today when you've sort of got your head screwed on straight to where you can kind of work those, those things the way you're supposed to. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6.
All right, I'm going to say 21 should not be in there since it's not there. But I had to check 2 Corinthians to make sure I didn't have uh, fat fingers while I was typing that. Look at 19 and 20. Do you, do you not understand? That's when he says, what? No, you're not. And in 2022, he'd say, hey, do you not understand? Do you not understand you're the temple of God? The Holy Ghost which is in you, and you are of God and not your own? Do you not understand you've been bought with a price? Yes, so what? So glorify, therefore, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. After all, all those things are going back to Him. God would write that the cattle on a thousand hills are His in Psalm chapter 90. God would write that even our spirit goes from this, this world back to Him who gave it in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Everything that we have is just His, and we're, we're just stewards of those things, all the gifts that we've been given, all of our health. All right, older crowd. Shake or nod. Is there, is there any truth to this statement? If you have good help, then you have it all. Mm-hmm. Use the blessings that God gave you in order to promote God's kingdom. I know that's a novel idea. I know that seems to be more, more foolish than, than we could even think about, but that's the purpose of the gifts. Use it to spread the borders of His kingdom. Use it to teach all of those that you're around about how good our God is and how lost humanity is. And that the only place that they will be able to find salvation it's in the name of Jesus the Christ. Guard yourself when you're dealing with your uh, stewardship. Guard your purity. That's dealing a lot with sexuality, but guard yourself also in purity from food, from drinks, from exercise. Don't, don't, don't have too much. This is the idea found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, guarding your mind and your purity in the idea of the things of this world need to be in, in some sort of moderation. Let me tell you what I found out at 45. If you eat a king-size snicker bar every day and a Coke for breakfast, some doctors don't like that. Just saying it works. Just saying. They, they don't particularly care for that. You know, they, there's this kind of pyramid thing. They want you to, you know, sort of eat around that stuff. There is no Snickers portion of that or Coke portion of that, which leads me to believe that pyramid's wrong. You can eat too much of the wrong thing and it kills you. You can drink too many Cokes and they'll kill you. Drink some water every now and again. I should take my own advice there. Exercise a little bit. Guard your, your purity in this life so that you can have an influence on somebody. And guard your mind. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 23. The things that you put in there, you're not ever going to be able to unsee or unhear. 
And you may not be the guy or the girl who tells the, the dirty joke, but you may have heard it once or twice, and then you hear a phrase somewhere in your life, and it takes you right back to that joke. Don't put that trash in there. You won't have to go back to that trash. Saturate your mind with the Word of God. If you'll saturate it there, when, when you hear those phrases, your, your mind will go to those verses instead of those things that we shouldn't be dealing with. Saturate your mind with the Word of God. As a matter of fact, doesn't he say something about that? In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, is that still in there? Somebody shake or nod like y'all are. We stand up to jumping jacks. Are y'all okay? Is 2 Timothy 2 15 still in there? Study, you study is the implied subject, you. You study to show thyself approved unto God. Know what that means? You're going to stand up for yourself. Brother uh, Ken Butterworth, you may not know him. You may know him. He's, uh, he's, uh, he has authored many books around our brotherhood. Uh, he's from Oxford, Alabama, and the country is corn. But he says, uh, every pot will have to stand on its, or sit on its own bottom. You know what that means? One of these days, you're going to have to give an account for you. You are going to have to give an account for you. And God's going to say, is your life saturated with my word? Well, I'm not sure if it is or not. Well, then that answer is no. Because I'm going to tell you what, do you know what saturated means? Thoroughly soaked. Have you ever been out in the rain and been saturated? Shake or not. Did you know it? You can know this too. If, if I could go back, I, I would give more. I was taught better, but I can't remember having a job as a teen for most of my teen years. I can't remember ever giving a dime. Well, this ain't a very positive message, is it? I, I can't remember. I, I, would, I would make giving of my money to God's uh, kingdom a priority. Because I didn't learn until later in life what kind of lesson I should have been learning from that. It's not the fact that God needs my measly little few dollars I give Him. It's uh, the fact that I need to learn how to give godly. How to give like God. There's no preacher from back home. His name is Franklin Camp. And he studied six hours every day. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that at all. He would wake up at five, get himself dressed in a suit, sit in, in his study and study from six until lunch. I'll let that sink in for a minute. He would sit at that table, at that desk, and just study it. Let that sink in for a minute. Because I can't sit at the table for six minutes, it seems like. And he sat there for six hours. Time he was holding a meeting in a place uh, just outside of Birmingham, Alabama. And a lady came up to him and said, I would love to have a memory. I would give my life to have a memory like you. You know what he answered with her and said? That's exactly what it'll take. God's not going to open your head and pour it in there for you. If I'm going to learn it, it's because I'm going to put the time into it, and it's because I'm going to dedicate my time to Him. 
I, I would have dedicated more effort to him. This is a true statement. Is that a true statement? How many of the rest of you struggle with laziness? Yes, I'm not alone. Good. I can find more things to do that won't help during the day than I should, than, than would take more time than if I just did what I was supposed to do. And I hate laziness, but I always think, what if I, what if ever once I stayed on task? I'd give him more effort, I'd give him more time, I'd give more of myself. If I could go back in time, I would be concerned with more Bible study. Because here's the fact of the matter, I have a pretty good memory. But could you imagine what else I would know or what else you would know if from the time we were toweling our head off from the baptistry, we started studying like we should? Can you imagine what you would know? There they all are, at least in some form of Bible study. It's throughout the Old Testament. It's throughout the New Testament. It's throughout the Gospels. God says, study my word. Matter of fact, there's going to be a test. And on that day, it's not going to be an open book test. It's going to be a pass-fail. Did you do it or did you not? I would study the Bible more not just because it would help me in my job, but because it would help me as a person. Help me as a Christian. Help me on any job at any time to understand really who I am. We're walking through Lowe's today. I don't know if y'all know this. A storm came through last night. Were y'all aware of that? So was our microwave. It received the electric shock. It was no more. Walking through Lowe's today, looking at microwaves. Miss Brandy said, everybody in here thinks you're a preacher. And I said, what for? And they, she said, because you got on a tie. <laughs> Probably most folks by now look at me and think, preacher. And that's all right. I enjoy and I like that title. I'm grateful to have that title. But if you really break down the idea of preacher, preacher's nothing more than a member who has the opportunity to stand here and lead us in a Bible study. How much more Bible could have helped me through the years where I neglected it, pushed it aside, and decided I was too smart for it. You know what, preacher? That's a lesson they need to hear, right? You tell them. That's what they need to hear, right? That's all you heard from that one. Do this, don't do that, right? Yeah. Really? What about you? Do you need to be less selfish? Or is that just a me thing? Do you need to be concerned with the spiritual things more? Do you need to be a better example or a better use of your blessings? Do you need to give more? Do you need to study more? This ain't uh, a, a, a sermon just about them. 
It's a sermon about us. I'll tell you this. If I could go back to their age, that's what I would do. And at 45, if I could go back to 30, that's what I'd do. And if I could go back to 40, that's what I would do. If I could go back to yesterday, that's what I would do. When I look at those questions, I look at a life that is not perfect in its Christianity. And doesn't have it all together, but seemingly is working toward it and concerned about working toward that way. And I'll stand up here and be real honest with you. I don't have it all together. I'd like to. One of these days, I'd like to be able to be less selfish and and teach people how to be more concerned with other people and how to be better examples and how to uh, better use the blessings God gives me. I'd like to be able to teach people that. I'd like to be able to teach people how to give more and to study more. The fact of the matter is, unless I start doing it, I won't be that way. And neither will you. So, learn the lesson. And learn the lesson. The best place you can begin is by making sure that you can stand before the Father. Excuse me. Being righteous and holy. Preacher, I don't think I can do that. You know, everybody is unrighteous. Oh, no, 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 no. Righteousness is proven in righteous deeds. Isn't it righteous to obey God? Look here, you ain't got, Scott's the only one with me. You ain't got but two choices. It's either righteous to follow God or unrighteous. So let's ask that question again. Isn't it righteous to follow God? Oh, yeah. Have you done that? See, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, you're standing before God with, as Isaiah 59 would write, with filthy rags. Listen to what he says. Believe those things, John 8 and verse 24. Repent of your sin, Luke 13, 3 and 5. Confess that Jesus is the Christ, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And be baptized into the body of Christ by water, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, being raised and walk in the newness of life, Romans 6, 1 through 4. That's how you begin the process of being obedient to God. But next week we'll flesh out this idea on Sunday morning. That ain't where it stops. After that, God requires one thing of His child and one thing only. That's to be faithful. That's to live a holy and pure life in front of men so that they can see your light shining before them and that they can give glory to God, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. And how bright is your light? Well, how bright is it? Do you need to trim that wick a little bit?
and brighten up that light, you need to come home. If you need to obey God for the first time, or if you need to come back home, do those things right now while we stand and sing for your encouragement.